0: I'm a thematic person. I said thematic and not dramatic. Sure, Arash heard dramatic. Arash is my husband, by the way. Um, But I am a thematic person. So it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving, the last time the church is getting together, and I really wanted that Thanksgiving message. It's like, where's the Thanksgiving message, Lord? That's not what you gave. And I was having a hard time with it. Um, But Stephen's just a thought this morning kind of checked that box so I'm feeling better but it's not about how I'm feeling anyway I do believe the Lord Lord has a word for us this morning Um, but I am thankful if we're gonna pretend we're sitting around the Thanksgiving table this morning together I'm thankful to have um, Arash's brother Armand and my sister-in-law Lacey here and my niece and nephew because Lacey and I do a lot of uh, daily chatting over the app Marco Polo, which is a video that we can, you know, instead of complaining like this, we just complain like this, and no, we talk a lot too, but we are each other's therapy, it really is a gift, saves our husbands a lot of money, uh, and you know, we just, but it's nice to have her in person, she really, her friendship is a true gift to me, so I love having them here, so that's my, that's about as thankful and as Thanksgiving I'm going to get in this message. But this morning, I have a few verses to look at. We're going to be in the Old Testament. We're going to be in the New Testament. But I'm going to start us off um, in Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. And it reads Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. Before I read the rest of that verse, in a similar uh, verse in the Psalms, it says that God is always ready to help in times of trouble. Another way to read that is God's help is abundantly available. Uh, But the rest of verse 2, back to Psalm 91, the rest of verse 2 simply says, He is my God and I trust him. So the psalmist here is a person of faith. And we know that because he told us that he's decided to put his faith in God and trust God to be his shelter and place of safety. When we have a need to seek shelter, it indicates that there's something that we need to be protected from, right? Something for us to be protected from that might cause us harm or that might even destroy us or have the potential to In the next several verses of Psalm 91, the psalmist qualifies his statement that we just read in verses one and two, which I'm not gonna read the rest of that psalm, um, except that I wanna point out that the psalmist says, if you do what I have done, which is place your trust in God, and in that way make him your God, then you will also know these things to be true, that he's a shelter, that he's protection, that he alone is these things, just like the psalmist knows is true. I wanna skip down to verses 14 and 15 and 16 in the same psalm. And it says in verse 14, the Lord says, "'I will rescue those who love me. "'I will protect those who trust in my name. "'When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. I read those last three verses of Psalm 91 because the first two that we read are attributes of God stated by the psalmist. But verses 14 through 16, the voice changes from the psalmist to the Lord himself speaking those words. And God describes himself with those same attributes that the psalmist did, as protector, as a shelter, and as our help. So, it's story time, get comfortable. When I lived in St. Louis, Missouri, it's where Arash and I lived before we moved here, Um, I worked at a senior center uh, lunch program and Meals on Wheels program as the administrator there. And St. Louis, since it's in the middle of the country, it gets a lot of weather and a lot of storms. That just seems like anywhere these days, but really any of those states in the, in the center of the United States gets all that cross stuff. So uh, it gets a lot of weather, and they had tornadoes and things like that. And this one particular summer, there was a tornado that came through the Bridgeton area, which is where my senior center was located. And I happened to be at work at the time, and I was you know, watching the skies turn dark and the clouds come low. I'm from Wisconsin, so tornadoes were something I was familiar with. And um, you know, the color change in the sky and the wind pick up. And all I wanted to do was just sitting there watching the clock, wanting to go home. They just wanted to get home. Don't want to be here in this i don't want anybody to be here if the storm's really going to pick up and so it was towards the end of the day and i remember kind of asking other employees well you know if the storm picks up before i'm able to head home and we have people here like what's the plan you know what do we do where do we go they talked about you know the bathrooms being uh, on the inner you know part of the building there's no windows you know structurally that's the best place to go there was a big gym uh, that was kind of in the middle of the building as well, so you don't have those exterior walls and all those things that you look for uh, to provide good shelter in something like a tornado. But what made me so nervous was that the senior center lunchroom uh, was, was like, say this is the senior center lunchroom, this whole wall, like this, would have, was glass was glass from ceiling to floor. And... You know, when there's not a tornado outside and that type of design, it's a really nice one. Lots of natural light. There were woods surrounding us. We were right in the center of a neighborhood. Um, Had big, tall trees. We got to watch wildlife while eating lunch. You know, it's a nice design when there's not a tornado, you know, threatening. So I'm like, the senior center is like half glass. Like, you know, what am I supposed to do here? And so it it was pretty scary. I just was nervous. I was wanting to go home. And uh, the worst of the storm, though, happened later that evening. It was, you know, during the night. So I was able to get home. And the reason I was so eager to get home is because I lived in a basement apartment. And it was real safe there. (laughs) And my windows were like this big. And I only had two. So I, you know, this is why I wanted to get home. Basement apartment's a perfect place to be uh, when there's a tornado outside. It also you know, I worked for a senior center. It was also senior apartments that I lived in. You know, they had, yeah, no, it was the senior part of life, I guess, area of age of my life. But um, the senior living uh, complex had stairs, you know, obviously that went down into these basement apartments, and the owner had just decided he didn't want the elderly to have to do the stairs, so he rented out to younger people, and I was one of them. So I was eager to get home to that shelter that I knew was going to be the safest place to be, uh, no matter how bad the storm got. felt like a bunker. You know, I wanted to invite people in come on, come on, come on, come all, this is the safe place to be. And I really was prepared to open my apartment to uh, any of the seniors that needed uh, shelter. But anyway, the storm that night, it, it was the worst during the evening, but I was in my apartment. I was safe and sound. And you know what? I slept through the whole storm. Lost power? Who cares? I'm sleeping. It needs to be dark. So, you know, that worked out. And so I was, felt safe in my apartment and Slept like a baby. So the next morning, I got up to go to work. We, we were open, our senior center was open. We needed to be able to um, try and contact or go visit all of our seniors to make sure they were okay and they weren't without uh, because the storm had happened. And I come out of my apartment and I think I remember there being, uh, there were some little businesses around our complex. I think there was a sign that had blown down into my stairwell. So I open my door and I'm like carrying this sign upstairs that had blown down and there were wires hanging and, you know, lots of tree branches, lots of uh, that kind of debris around, garbage cans, all of that had blown around, exactly what you would expect uh, when high winds and something like a tornado was moving through. And so I get on my way and go to work and I just start seeing, you know, some houses had been... Uh, affected and you know roof tiles blown off and trees everywhere. Um, can I have my slide, please? I tried to. So this is not a picture of of that day. I have a picture that I know I posted on Facebook because this is only a couple years ago. I could not find it, but when I went to the internet to look for images of trees like uprooted. Um, this is this is what I saw. It might have not been this size of a tree, but it was like a storybook. When I came up on the grounds of the Senior Center, like I said, it was located in the middle of a neighborhood, a nice little wooded area. It looked like Paul Bunyan had come through and just ploop, 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 just picked up those trees and just set them right back down. There was, you know, the big dirt hole crater that it creates when the roots tear up, like whole trees just you know, for me, I haven't really seen anything like that. So I thought, oh, this is terrible. And the one thing I was worried about was that whole glass side of the senior center, you know, had anything flown through that. And fortunately, it hadn't. So it was just a, 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 you know, kind of an interesting sight and um, looked exactly like this picture I have uh, behind me. So I shared this story today Because what I want to do is talk about shelters and storms. Uh, Jump with me over into the New Testament, and we're going to read a story about Jesus and his disciples and a storm. We're going to turn to the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. So using what we've read out of Psalm 91, and then what we're going to read in this passage in Mark 4, I want to draw our attention today to two points that I'm going to unpack after we read the Mark passage. So starting, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was asleep at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, "'Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown?' When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, "'Silence, be still.' Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, "'Why are you afraid? "'Do you still have no faith?' The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. That's probably a familiar story to a lot of us sitting here this morning. So my first point has already been introduced by the psalmist uh, and the voice of the Lord that we read in Psalm 91. God is a shelter and protection for those who place their faith and trust in him, amen? And in the story we just read in Mark, we read that the disciples didn't yet realize that question, Who? well, who, who is this man? They didn't yet realize who Jesus was. Being Jews, they, uh, uh, they knew he was acting like God. So there was something familiar to them about this authority that Jesus had used. And they knew that the God of you know, their scriptures held the authority to control things like the elements. They knew the stories of when God had calmed the storms and parted waters for his people. So Jesus' miraculous act in this passage in Mark revealed to his disciples that God's authority and power was indeed in Jesus Christ, and it was present with them on that boat that day. This morning, if you're not aware yet that this same presence that we felt in our worship this morning is here among us and among His church, the Spirit of God is indeed here. Amen? Amen. And He cares for you. Has the storm brought you here this morning? Or perhaps the storm is threatening someone's spiritual life today? If you find yourself in the midst of a storm, as the Psalm read, God's help is abundantly available for you. He will shelter and protect you from the storm, but it will require putting your faith in Jesus and trusting him with your storm, just as the disciples were also uh, found challenged to do, to do. His spirit is here to do that for you, if you'll let him do that, uh, for you today. Storms in life have a way of showing us where our faith truly lies. And as we see from this story, you don't need to be brand new to the gospel of Jesus Christ to misplace your faith and your trust sometimes. He, we were, we're talking about disciples. These were men of faith. The psalmist was a person of faith. But it's their response to Jesus, the, the disciples' response to Jesus in that story of the boat, that we really relate to most, right? At least it's true for me. You know, that response. Don't you care, Jesus, what is happening right now? Don't you care what might happen to us? And so then that means Jesus' lack of response, seemingly appears not to make much sense to us. I was just thinking, you know, while reading this story again, I thought, is there anything more infuriating and maybe even hurtful than believing that Jesus is ignoring your storm? Because if a storm was raging around me and my boat was filling with water, I'd be scared for my life just like the disciples. And then to see someone in my boat, sleeping, hold on, on a cushion. A cushy cushion. <laughs> sleeping on, with his head on a cushion. Okay, this story is found in the Synoptic Gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, right? Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Because that same story is found in the three Gospels, they're very, very similar, but the details are not exact. And I liked Mark's story because he had details like the cushy cushion that Jesus had was on in the boat. And so I chose, the, that's why I chose Mark. No other spiritual reason, that's all. I like that, that because it gives you that sense. I mean, the disciples weren't just like, oop, there's a little drip of water coming in. They were scared for their life. And they were watching a person, their teacher, their, a person on their boat sleeping through a storm that was going to destroy them. That was their fear. <clears throat> I found it interesting that in the Old Testament, the kind of sleep that Jesus demonstrated on the boat uh, is evidence of a trust in God's protection when you read that that type of thing in the Old Testament passages. A lot of it's in the Psalms, the story of Jonah. When you read about this sleeping, it's, it's evidence of God's protection is present. But the disciples hadn't realized that yet. And sometimes, you know, we haven't either in our storm. Storms can also disorient any of us. Again, This is not just to the new person to Christ, this is to all of us who are walking with the Lord, and our disciples of Christ, and our people of faith. Storms can disorient any of us. Mark chapter 4 begins with a series of parables that Jesus used to teach his disciples about his kingdom. So by the time we get to this story in the Gospel of Mark, the disciples had just heard Jesus teaching parable after parable, I think there's three parables in in the first part of Mark 4. And then in the following chapter, the disciples witnessed Jesus performing miracles in their midst. Um, And yet, the passage that I'm focusing on today ends with Jesus' disciples asking each other, who is this man? But they had just been walking and learning from him, still asking, who is this man? This morning, I don't have the power to still your storm, but we are in the midst of the presence of the one who can, amen? I don't have the answers to how to prevent storms from coming your way, because you know what if I did? I'd be making a million dollars writing my book, and I'd have it out there in the foyer, right next to Rachel's, (laughs) and I'd be willing to give you a signed copy. (laughs) Hasn't come yet. But Rachel's book is worth it. Until mine comes, read Rachel's. (laughs) Hers is better anyway. But what I believe I am here to do this morning is to point you to the one who will be your shelter and your protection from your storm. Because with shelter and protection, just like my little tornado story in Bridgeton, with shelter and protection, the best kind, comes peace. And with peace, the ability to rest in the midst of a raging storm. It's not about the storm ceasing when peace and rest come. It's about the right protection, the best protection and shelter that brings that peace and enables us to then rest, even if the storm is raging. And I wanna talk about how that's possible next uh, to my next point, the second one this morning. So we've already established that the shelter provides protection and security from storms that can hurt and destroy. Going back to my example of the tornado, so when I finally got home to my basement apartment, that secure shelter, you know, provided, I felt protected, I felt safe in it, and I wasn't afraid of the storm anymore outside. I didn't care if it got worse. It didn't matter to me. I was in... a a shelter, and the best shelter in that basement. Thank God for the basements. And I wasn't worried what it might do to me anymore. I felt safe enough to sleep that night. And I want us to think of when maybe you've taken shelter during a storm and felt safe in that shelter. Or if you were in a storm and you needed to get to a place of shelter, that difference between how, you know, panicky and frantic we are inside to get to the safe shelter so that those fears subside. So when the shelter is doing its job protecting, our fears and our worries subside. And even a powerful storm doesn't seem as threatening anymore. This brings me to my next point. Um, that is actually probably more important than the first point of God as shelter and protection. Going back to verse one of Psalm 91, when God is our shelter and protection, the second half of this verse says, "Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest." Everyone say, "Will find rest." Will find, we'll find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. God's protection brings peace, and in his shelter, we can rest. So this year, Newark, our church here, has focused on the theme of Sabbath rest. And this idea of rest and what it means applied in each of our own lives. We've talked about it a lot from a lot of different angles, like resting from work and stopping to enjoy rest in body, mind, and soul. And Psalm 91, along with Mark 4, directs our attention to this concept of rest and resting in the protection of God. When you feel protected from the storm and not threatened by the storm, we will have peace. That's the promise. And with the peace that only God can bring, because that's the point too here today, only God can bring this peace for us, you will rest in him. And that's that example we see of Jesus in Mark 4 that's so infuriating, the cushy pillow Jesus. How can he be sleeping through a storm that's going to destroy us? So rest, rest from what, we might be asking ourselves? From worries, from anxieties, and from our fears that your storm is going to destroy you. After all, isn't that what the disciples were afraid of? In Jesus' examples to his disciples, it wasn't after the stilling of the storm that Jesus was finally able to sleep in the boat. Jesus found that cozy spot to rest while the storm was raging. And the scriptures say, again in Mark, I like him for his detail in this account according, uh, uh, compared to the other Gospels, Mark's gospel says it was a fierce storm. It was a raging storm, Um, you know, intentionally trying to get that point across. This wasn't just little raindrops, some lightning in the sky, and everybody's taking pictures. Well, they didn't have phones back then, but that's a modern disciple. Um, He wanted to emphasize that magnitude of the storm that Jesus was sleeping through. And then just a few verses later, Mark contrasts that fierceness of the storm with the great calm, it says, that followed after Jesus commanded the storm cease. And we're in the midst of that very same presence here this morning. I read that the calm and the peace that followed Jesus' command not only demonstrated his sovereign power, because that is what he was revealing to the disciples at that time, But it also symbolized the peace and the security that belong to those who follow Jesus. So as a storm might be raging for you today in your life, you can have the great peace that Jesus demonstrated on that boat. And in the face of your storm, you can literally rest. I know it's hard to wrap our minds around rest. It's counterintuitive, it's, you know, all of our conversations and discussions we've had and preachings and teachings on Sabbath rest. I'm sure Sabbath is still something some of us are struggling with. It's going to take some time. But in the face of your storm, you can literally rest from the threat of it. And when it seems that God is not in control, there is nothing further from the truth. Amen. 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 We praise God for that. But you have to put your faith in him and trust him. He can stop your storm. He, you know, that was demonstrated to the disciples. He did that. He is a miracle worker. But just as importantly, we don't have to wait for the storm to be over to feel safe and to have peace again. You know, millions of dollars and countless hours, all the millions of dollars that Lacey and I are saving our husbands from counseling... Uh, You know, but really, honestly, counseling has its its purpose. I'm not knocking it at all. I believe in it. But millions of dollars and countless hours are spent on counseling services here. Because people, including myself, we, are desperate to have peace in the storms of life. We don't see a counselor hoping they'll put a stop to our storm. Um, And counselors don't make that promise either. (laughs) We just want to be assured and know that the storm that we're in will not destroy us. We just wanna know that we're gonna be okay. And as the psalmist in Mark, uh, in Mark chapter four reminded us today, placing your faith and your trust in anything other than God leaves us vulnerable to the storms in life. Because storms are going to come, do we have a witness here? Anybody been through storms in life? Storms are going to come, God's promise God promises us peace and rest in the shelter of his wing, as the psalm said, in his protection, as long as we put our faith in him. There's all types of storms that come our way in life. A health diagnosis, waves of grief from loss, a betrayal, perhaps even seeking salvation can be a, is, seeking salvation can, can be a storm that we're brought to the Lord in. And most of us have battled a few storms already, and maybe more than our share, but we can talk to God about that when we meet him. But wherever you find yourself today, have you decided where you want to put your faith and in whom you'll trust to shelter you from your storm? Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, "'Come to me, all of you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. So now that we have this picture drilled in our minds of Jesus' cushy, cushy pillow, in a boat, sleeping in a storm, now that we have that picture of what rest can look like, rest from the threat of the storm, rest from the fears that it might destroy you. If you want peace, and if you're ready, For that rest, resting from these fears and these anxieties and these worries, we have to trust God with our salvation. We have to trust God with our illnesses and sickness. We have to trust God with our loss. We have to trust God with silence. We have to trust God with our questions and our confusion. So today, I'm going to make an altar call right now. And I'd like to invite you to find a place to talk to the Lord. You can come up here in the front. You can stay right where you are. You can find a friend and sit with them. You can find a stranger and sit with them. And just take the opportunity, if you would, to place your faith, maybe for the first time, maybe for the 80th time, back in God and trust Him with your storm.